Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Hope you're doing well today and that your business is doing well today. If not, you're in luck. We got some good advice to help you continue to grow your business and have really happy customers. Now, if you're first time, if you're tuning in for the first time, my name's Blake Benz. I run the podcast. I've been doing it for about five years from now. Uh, and have also been running uh, my business, Good Advice, also for five years now. And I mean, this is the place where, whether I'm just rambling about different business concepts, uh, this is the place where I've tried to strip away all of the theory, all of the high level stuff, and really get into the nuts and bolts of how do you run a business and how do you do it well so that you know, hey, if you're doing a side hustle, it can become your full-time gig. If it already is your full-time gig, how can it be something that provides everything you need to have the life that you want? Now, we're going to be talking about some things today, more specifically, how the business you start may not actually be the business you end up running three, four, five years from now. It's not about changing jobs. It's about how businesses evolve over time. And we got some pretty interesting stories around that today. Before we dive in, though, we do have a word for one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. By the way, if you ever thought about advertising your business on the podcast, you can email me, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com. Or if you want to skip the ads, you can be on our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash goodadvice. And the last thing is, if you enjoy the podcast, if you like the podcast, don't forget you can leave us a review either on the podcast or on our business Google profile. Just search Good Advice NWA to leave us a review. All that to say, I'm excited to jump into today's episode. Stay tuned. We'll be right back shortly. We talk to all sorts of business owners on the podcast, and one of the most common trends is business owners who just, for whatever reason, didn't fit in the corporate environment. A lot of entrepreneurs are seeking something. They're seeking an answer, and they're trying to figure out the simple question of, how do I fit in the world? And more importantly, is there a way to make a living that doesn't involve the traditional nine to five job? One of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to entrepreneurs is, hey, you got to learn about who you are, what drives you, your motivation. That's why I want to tell you about this book, Your Turning Point, 33 Questions for Transformation. I love the impact I've been able to make through Good Advice and the Good Advice podcast, but that would not have been doable without taking an honest assessment of who I was today and who I wanted to be tomorrow. Go to the website, the33questions.com, and get yourself a copy of Your Turning Point by Stephen J. Blank, and let's continue on this road for transformation together. Again, the website is the33questions.com, where you can buy your book today. So I had someone on the podcast today. Uh, his name is John Legue. Uh, he is the COO for Copilot. Copilot is, for lack of getting too in the weeds, they are a. Um, it's an app you can download, and it's basically for personal training. Uh, they've had incredible growth over the last few years in business. Uh, they've actually been on the podcast before. And John, funny enough, we were talking about his business, Copilot, and he was talking about originally before it became came the the personal training business it was actually a business around selling watches and that's not right not selling watches basically um, using the data on your watch to learn more about the kind of workout routines that you were doing because many times you know these smart watches are you know they're tracking like your heartbeat uh I obviously don't have one, nor do I exercise because I can't give any other examples other than heartbeat does a bunch of other stuff too. Right. (laughs) But the cool thing about his story was, you know, we started out as this 
and it evolved to something else. Evolved to something else entirely. So I was trying to fix my ring light and I actually whacked it and knocked it over. Uh, anywho, but the business started as one thing and then it evolved to uh, something else entirely. Uh, this is something that happens in business, by the way, and I think it's worth talking about today. I think it's worth us having a conversation today. Um, before we get into it, though, hang on. Let me fix a couple things. I knocked some things over, so I need a second. Um, okay, I think I fixed it, actually, already. It's the joy of podcasting, right? You get you get me and authentically me for all the you know whimsical uh, magic of mistakes that I make on a day-to-day basis. Anywho, so... This was interesting timing, having this conversation with John, and it reminded me of a social media post that Bob Sager, who's been on the podcast, uh, Bob posted yesterday, and it was such a crazy assertion that I thought I thought it was BS. Like I thought this was something being made up. Well, Bob makes this post that says, hey, did you know how YouTube got started? YouTube originally, which... If you know the story, you know, you already know how this plays out, but you may not know the story. I mean, people use YouTube every single day. YouTube was not always a video platform. YouTube originally was a, I almost kind of want to like ask you to guess, like pause the podcast and guess, you know, if you're listening to it with someone, (laughs) see if you can guess this correctly. YouTube originally was a dating website. It was called YouTube because ideally you would, um, I guess do photos of yourself, but more importantly, like videos of yourself, you'd post it online and, um, yeah, you would date, you would find somebody to date. So it started as a dating platform and ultimately, uh, failed in that regard Yet there was something interesting that happened with YouTube. And I think that's the point of today's conversation. The business you start is not always the business you end up scaling. It's not always the business you end up running three, four, five years from now. And I think this is more of a reflection of like the entrepreneurial process, which without that being like so generic and vague, understanding how how your business evolves, how it changes. You know, we talk a lot on the podcast about open conversations with your customer. And interestingly enough, as you have those conversations with your customers, you start to develop an insight that sort of bridges the gap between what you think customers want and what customers actually want. Now, this is a very important distinction to make because we so often think we have it pegged for exactly what customers want and the kind of business we need to build. But it's only from having real authentic conversations with people that we start to develop a an actual image of what this business should look like. And it's always funny talking about this kind of stuff, by the way, because I feel like, I feel like whenever we talk about this, that people's response are kind of like, well, you know, duh, like, of course, like, of course you're having conversations with customers, but I have to tell you that, you know, having done this for five plus years now, it's actually a bit of a rarity. 
it actually is not common for people to talk to their customers or customers to be. Why is that? For starters, there is a massive amount of ego that often gets involved when you start a business. There's many times that people see themselves as the savior to the problem. Uh, they see, you know, it's, it's about their name, their title, their position. What have I invented, created, started, um, and that is the number one priority for them. And other times, even when it's not like that, I think we avoid talking to customers sometimes because we are genuinely afraid of what they may tell us. And our business, especially when it's young, when your business is young, there is so much emotional energy going into your business that, that the slightest negative point of feedback can break you. I mean, it really can. I mean, you can be so teetering on the edge of like your mental um, resilience of like, I'm going to get up and give it another go. I'm going to give it another shot. I have fortunately never had anybody say something truly mean to me or my business, but I can think of some days that if I had been told something incredibly mean, uh, I may have hung up the towel. I may have been like, all right, that's it. Like we're done. Um, so all that to say, we often actually avoid conversations when we should be leaning into conversations. And when we talk to our customers, when we have these, these actual conversations with our customers, we discover something that's pretty interesting. And I want to give you some examples. I mentioned Copilot already. I want to give you some examples. We talked about YouTube. People did not like YouTube for the dating aspect of it. What they did like, though, was that there was no place on the internet at the time that you could upload video content, easily search it, watch it, and enjoy it. There was no place on the internet where that was possible. So as they talked to the customer, even though it wasn't what they intended to start, they realized, okay, hey, we have something pretty interesting here. This is not unlike, by the way, the story of Walgreens. Um, Walgreens was a soda fountain shop that, um, you know, also had like a pharmacy with it. Well, what is Walgreens today? It is a pharmacy. There, there are no soda fountains with it, right? And it's a story from my friend, Carrie Lingenfelter, who had come on the podcast a while back. So businesses, they grow, change and develop. And really, if you're going to scale your business, you have to. You have to grow, change, and develop. And it's not even so much, I think there's two separate insights here. I think the first one is that, you know, when you run a business, you start to, you start to, when you, when you take your ego out of the equation, you start to let your customers shape and mold the business that they ultimately see as most valuable, as opposed to, you know, this is the business I've set out to create. Now I've seen, I've heard this, by the way, I, I've talked to business owners in the past where they're really struggling, they're frustrated, they can't make the sales they want to make. And in, in one specific instance, a person who said, well, if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else. And that's not the business I've set out to build. And I, I'm finding myself thinking, well, I mean, it, it's great that that's not the business you've set out to make. However, you are not making any money. It's not even a business because this is more about you than it is actually your 
customer than it is actually your uh, genuine buyer and engaging with them. So I think there's there's one piece of it there where your customers shape the journey, your customers, you're having a constant conversation with them, and they ultimately are the ones who evolve the future of your business. The second thing that I think is pretty interesting about this is your business is going to change because I think as you scale your business, there are just things that you can no longer do the same way. Like when I have one customer, literally just one customer, there's a whole lot of things I can do to make that one customer happy. When I have a hundred customers though, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. What I could do when I had endless time with the one customer, I can no longer do with the 100 customers. So our brand has to, ev- and, and, and we're not even just talking, by the way, about, um, we're not even talking about like systems and processes, which I think that's part of it. Like, I think the way you do business has to change, but also as you think about the future of your business, I mean, I think about, um, I've mentioned him on the podcast before, uh, Steve lay, who does, um, equity business solutions, uh, great bookkeeper on our NWA area. Well, he, he, he undoubtedly has opportunities to continue to grow and evolve his business beyond just bookkeeping. So the business that he owns five years from now, maybe it may be entirely different from the one that he has today. That this is just the nature of evolution, right? Getting to the point, I think sometimes we really struggle with this concept because it's hard for us. I I think we struggle with change. And in fact, someone just mentioned this this last Tuesday. Someone was saying, you know, I have a hard time with change. And I thought to myself, I think everybody kind of does, right? But change is often hard for us. It's hard for us sometimes to um, honestly have an open hand as to what the future may hold for us and for our business. Um, I know for me personally, I've just tried to, as often as possible, clear the slate for what I want my business to be, what I expect it to be, um, what it even sometimes looks like. And this is a different, we're talking different than brand, you know, the consistency of brand and things that you intentionalities you have about your business. Like one thing about my business, I talk a lot about repeat customers, repeat buyers, being genuine, being authentic, you know, being yourself, having real conversations. Um, these are things that are true about, they are values about my business. It's the way that I go about my business, but it is agnostic from what I actually sell. At the end of the day, you are indifferent from what I actually sell. And this is, by the way, buying behavior in general. I don't really care what it is you're selling or what you have on the shelf for me to take off, like to to take off and purchase. All I really care about is the outcome. All I really, I mean, think about this. If I'm going to sell you like a marketing program or a business program or advertising on the podcast or whatever it is, I, I can sell you that. But if I also could sell you like, hey, if you spin around three and a half times and you wear this hat on your head and you stand on one foot and it's proven to get you the results that you want and you paid me for that and it actually worked. I mean, I don't know what world this would be, but let's say it actually did work. You wouldn't you really wouldn't care about the process. 
You know, you wouldn't really care about the steps you had to do. All you would really care is about the outcome within reason, right? When I, if I told you to go like rob a bank, you'd probably be like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Right. So obviously like without being obnoxious about like specific immoral circumstances, um, you ultimately are indifferent to the process. You care about the outcome. And in the same way, I think no matter no matter how my business evolves in terms of offerings, the outcomes will always be true for my customers. So I always try to keep as blank a slate as possible and frankly to not hold on to one product or service as with like a tight fist and with desperation because ultimately if I desperately hold on to those things, that communicates then that it's really more about me than it is my actual customer. You know, another example, I had a uh, person on the podcast, I'm talking about a lot about the podcast today, which I guess you're listening to the podcast, so that makes sense. I um, had someone on the podcast a couple of years back and they um, told me the story of their business. And it was pretty interesting. Their business started as a like meeting organizing business. So you would pay this company to basically sell you a meeting kit on like, here's how you run an effective meeting, um, which, you know, it's, it's so funny. Like some of these conversations, you're like, is there a need for that? Um, but you know, we've all been in the meeting where it takes forever and you're like, this could have been an email and you know, it's been 45 minutes and oh my gosh, why did the person running the meeting just ask, does anyone have any questions at all? Cause now we're just like, you know, throwing around so many random questions, but so this company basically was trying to solve that, uh, solve that problem. And, uh, part of what they sold was also like this meeting. It wasn't like a meeting planner. It was like a paper, uh, not paper makes it sound cheap. It was like a, uh, a physical template product for here's how you run an effective meeting. And it was a very simple, um, like here are some things you can do. And there was like some supporting content to go with it as well. But this was just like one piece of what they sold. What they sold overall was like this big picture, you know, here's how, here's how you run meetings in your business. Well, people didn't really like the overall, um, organizational piece. What they really enjoyed was, this little meeting template thing. Now, fortunately, this business, the people who are on the podcast, they were wise enough to lean into this, but they were really at a fork in the road. They could have been like, oh, that's just, that's just a random piece of the business. Um, it's much cheaper than what we sell overall. I mean, it's this little template piece that, you know, costs just a little bit of money versus like the whole package, which is really what we want to sell. Um, and what do people know? They don't want just this. They want the whole thing. They got to love it. We've had this one customer who told us they loved it. Right. So they could have said that what they did instead was they noticed something. They noticed the feedback from their customers. And their customers were saying, hey, we really are interested by this one piece of what you're selling. So what did they do? They went all in on that template. And that is what absolutely uh, catapulted their business to new levels of success and profitability. It's being insightful enough to notice your customers saying, hey, I really like this piece of what you're doing. Now, this is tough sometimes because... When you're young in business, um, not actually young, but like you're, you're new to business, you don't always know 
you don't always have the product that your customer can point to. So you, you're having these experiences with the customers who are saying like, Hey, we're enjoying working with you, but they don't really know what it is about your process that they like. And you don't even really know it either. So I think there is a little bit of like some ambiguity and like figuring this out. That's important to recognize regardless of the case though, my encouragement to you today is to have that open hand to treat your business like a blank slate in terms of what the products and services and offerings are. And sometimes we get a little bit too panicky over like consistency of brand where it's like, well, if I sell this one thing and then I change it or I stop selling it, or, you know, we get, we get in our heads about like, what are people going to think about me? Are they going to, and, and not to like punch anyone down, but you have to understand that like 99% of people, including your customers, they really don't notice that, nor do they care. Now, the ex- exception of this would be something like Coca-Cola. If Coca-Cola stops selling Coca-Cola tomorrow and nobody, I mean, if they, if they stop selling it tomorrow, it would, it would not just raise some eyebrows. It would be, it'd be chaos on the streets, right? But for your smaller business, in fact, I wouldn't even say smaller business, even if you're running like a million dollar business and you have a named service on the shelf or a named product and you change that, you change the name or you tweak it or what have you, I really don't think people are going to notice or care. Another exception of this is we're not talking about reducing quality, by the way. Many of us can probably think about that business that we loved. We really liked it. They sold that one thing and then they got like acquired by someone else or they, you know, they opened multiple locations and the food was just never the same again. It just never like tasted as good as it did again. That's a whole different conversation. That's problems in scale. That's cutting corners, cutting costs, uh, trying to, you know, increase profits at all all costs at the expense of the quality of the business. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about perfect example. I sold something. Um, oh man, I can't even think of what it was called. I think it was called like your business startup success kit or something like that. And it was basically like everything you needed to know, um, to start a business in 90 days, which I thought was this like really great product. Now I also didn't, I don't think I marketed it super well. Well, I took elements of that and rolled it into something else. Uh, or I have, I had this website, um, podcasterkickstart.com because I've started to sell helping people, um, you know, start their podcasts. And, um, well, I say started to, I've been doing it for a while now, but I just officially have made it part of my offerings. Well, it was called podcasterkickstarter.com and, what it became was a totally different name, but basically still kind of the same thing. Point being, no one's going to care. No one's going to notice that they're not going to pay attention to that. But what I'm doing is I'm, I'm making changes based on customer feedback and not, um, not, uh, I guess whatever color the sky is that day or what I'm feeling, or if I'm confident or insecure, or I'm feeling bold or I'm feeling panicky, um, or whether my ego's driving me or one comment's driving me, you know, I'm keeping an open hand for my business so that I can allow my customers to shape where it goes next. I think when you find yourself in a place where you're comfortable with that, where you aren't panicked by the idea of it, but you're confident in, you know, my customers are going to drive the ship. They're going to lead me. They're going to guide me. Then 
honestly, the future of your business becomes a lot easier. It becomes a lot more palatable. It becomes a lot more um, something that you can... I'm trying to think about how to describe this without it being sounding weird. I was going to say like, you can wrap your arms around. Then I was like, am I giving my business a hug? Like what's happening here? But it just becomes, I think much easier than, um, and, and also by the way, it's, I think it's just better business in general, like having those open conversations with your customers and letting them shape the business. By the way, there, there's an interesting saying around this. You've probably heard it. It's the Henry Ford quote that says, um, if I'd asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. And this quote gets gets put up several times all the time, honestly. And the implication of it is that like customers don't know what they want, that they're going to give you, like they were obviously in this situation, they would have asked for faster horses instead of the Model T car. Um you know, I, I don't think this is fair. And, and, oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, this isn't a real quote, by the way, this is a made up quote. It's not a real quote. Henry Ford never said that. Um, I will say your customers don't always know what they want in terms of what exactly the product looks like, which is why we, as people who sell what we sell, we have to, even if you're not a consultant, you have to be consultative in giving good advice and recommending what it is they need. Many slimy salespeople do this to uh, the disadvantage of their customers to make a quick buck. But I was on a sales call today. We were talking about this person needed some help with their team. And, you know, I knew they could either buy uh, one thing or they could buy something else. She doesn't know what she needs to buy. She has no idea, but she does know the end result for her business that she wants to accomplish. And then what I'm doing as the consultative person in the room is, Hey, here's, here's one thing you should consider. Let's have a conversation about this. So have those conversations with your customers and let them shape the future of your business. Uh, and you know, in doing that and being patient with that, I think even though your business may evolve and change drastically over time, you'll be proud of where it ends up because at that point, it's your customers driving the ship. It's not about you. Uh, and I mean, you're offering something that they are literally telling you that they want. So it's a pretty good deal. All that to say, that's today's episode today. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Again, if you enjoy the episode, you can always leave us a review. Um, and by the way, if you enjoy these episodes, you want to shoot me an email and tell me what you thought about an episode. I, it's always actually pretty fun. I feel like I get these random instances where I run into someone or I talk to someone and they're like, hey, I listened to this episode. I really, you know, it's funny, like even when you're running a podcast, um, you know, my humble little podcast, you know, I can see, I can see there's all these people downloading the podcast, but I still, I don't know, like for whatever reason, I just don't even really think about like who these people are. So whenever I meet someone, I'm like, oh, someone is listening. That's kind of nice, right? It's <laughs> kind of the way we approach our business, right? Anywho, all that to say again, thanks so much for listening today. We'll catch you later. That's today's good advice. I'll see you soon.